It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. So, Gary Finley is here, and it's an honor for me to have Gary because he's a, a mentor. He's been in the franchising world for uh, three decades. We're going to learn more about that in a minute. And Gary now is, he's been the CEO and the founder and, and all sorts of things for all sorts of companies over the years. Currently, Gary's a self-proclaimed redneck CEO, and he oversees one of the fastest growing multi-brand franchise chains in the country, perhaps uh, going globally as well at the same time. Restoration One and Blue Frog. Blue Frog is plumbing and, tra- and drain business. So both headquartered in Waco, Texas. And they are really an award-winning brand, Restoration One, with 250 locations um, and, and growing, actually, by the week. <laughs> and in 2017, Gary acquired Blue Frog, which is a really cool story in itself. And that serves as a perfect complement to Restoration One as a built-in kind of referral sauce, which we'll also talk about here in a minute. So, Gary, welcome. Hey, thank you, Tom. Good to see you here. Yeah, I'm not, good, good to see you. I'm not sure. I was going to say real quick, I'm not sure what a stalwart is. That, did you compliment me or did you, or, or was that a bad word? <laughs> it's, uh, it's old timer. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, no, this is, this is so, so fantastic. And just the things that you're doing with your businesses is absolutely phenomenal. As a franchise consultant, I look across, you know, the franchise industry and there's not too many cool things. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of cool things going on. But what's happening with your industry is really phenomenal in water restoration. And we're going to talk about that now. But I want to talk a little bit about your career journey. I want to go back all the way to the beginning because I know a little bit about the story. You were with a little outfit called Curves like 30-something years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit. How, how did this happen? Yeah, I've been in... Of course, I've been in the franchising about 30 years, but that started back when I was uh, 19 years old. I started with another company in Waco called the Dwyer Group, but at, at that time, they had one franchise called Rainbow International, and I actually started off, I wanted to sell franchises, never done it before, straight out of high school. So they said, hey, if you want to learn, great, you've got to go out and actually run one. So I went out and was... Uh, running scrubbers and, and dyeing carpet and learning the business and then came back and started selling franchises. And that first year I did that, I got rookie of the year and realized, Hey, this is pretty exciting being able to figure out how to go out and help people get in businesses. So started doing that. And then the next part of that career over the next several years was, uh, you know, real estate, uh, fitness was most of it. So um, I got into a fitness club also was about 19 and owned about four or five clubs. And uh, I had that club closed at one point. Uh, we lost everything, went bankrupt and said, okay, it's time to start over again. And got a job back at uh, the Dwyer Group as a VP of franchising. I got approached by a, a buddy, Gary Haven, who said, hey, I got an idea. I've got two of these uh, women's fitness centers open. I think it can work. I don't know anything about franchising. That's your, that's your gig. So... I know you just lost everything and you got a great job, but would you like to come over here to a brand new company, commission only, and see what you can do? So it sounded great to me. I don't think my wife was very excited, but uh, it, it was a good move. And over the next uh, eight years, 96 to 04, I 
helped him really launch that company. Today's the headquarters in Waco, which is, that's why, that's my hometown. And so when I left, we started, we had those two locations, a handful of other ones getting ready. I left eight years later, we had 8,000 locations. We were in. Did you say 8,000? Yeah. 8,000 8, locations in how many years? Eight years. Oh. Eight years. <laughs> yeah. And so. is, is that in the Guinness World Book of Records? Because I heard a rumor about that. It was at one time. At one time, it was the fastest growing and the largest in the country. It could still be there. I don't know. I haven't looked in a while. But at one time, we were in Guinness World Book of Records. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I just absolutely love that. Yeah. So what made you kind of get into Restoration One? When, like, what is that, four years ago now, maybe five years ago? Yeah, about five years ago when I kind of started doing development for them. But, you know, over the 30-year the career, I've actually represented a, about – I would say 12 to 15 brands everywhere from dog daycares to kids cooking schools to kids fitness to, to chocolate kiosk. And uh, the one thing I decided, I said, you know, today I'm 57. When I got started here about 52, I said, you know, I think the people out today looking for a business are very similar to me. They might've had a career. Now they're looking for something else. And for me, I said, you know what, here's kind of the thing. I want low investment, low overhead, high margins, quick ramp up, no brick and mortar, and recession resistant. And I happen to have a flood in my house. Uh, and these guys come in with another uh, restoration company. They come in and uh, they're in and out in about five days. It's a $30,000 job. My insurance took care of 100% of it. I didn't have to do anything. And I said, hey, this looks like a pretty good gig. And so I was back in development again, helping somebody, got introduced to the owner of the company who was out in South Florida. And uh, he said, hey, you know, I know how to do the restoration business, but not franchising. And so I, I jumped in there, moved the headquarters to Waco. That seemed to be my, my thing. That's just my home. And so I brought it to Waco and have uh, been rocking and rolling since. Yeah. Amen to that. And rock and rolling is right. You know, here at, at our company, at Franchise, we've been placing many, many people in the business. I've placed people personally, you know, Rockstar Tom and, and Charlotte is, is one of my placements. Absolutely. Uh, and so there's a lot of great things going on in the business. And it's so funny because people come to me, obviously, on a daily basis. And they're like, Tom, what's the hottest franchise? And they, they expect that I'm going to say something like, you know, Chick-fil-A or something. And I'm like, right. oh, you know, sucking water out of people's basements is probably <laughs> the hottest thing. Yeah. yeah. I tell people we're not a very sexy business, right? So, but you want sexy or you want to make money? Because I've been in the health club industry for years and now that's a sexy business. You want to tell people that, uh, hey, I own a health club. Nobody wants to go home and tell their friends that they, they were plumbers or we're, you know, we're uh, handling uh, water breaks or things like that. But it's a great business model. It's done very well. Our franchisees do very well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if they want a sexy fitness brand, they could just buy Farrell's absolutely. body shape. That's the next one. Yep. I, I still have a, still have a love for the, the fitness industry having done, uh, you know, uh, two fitness franchises. And so, yeah, Farrell's is what I feel is the next up and coming. Yeah. I'm going to have Lance Farrell, the founder of that on the podcast as well. The guy is, you know, for both of you, if somebody said, give me one word about Gary Finley, I'm going to say integrity. And, and I feel wholesomeness around Lanson and Lance yeah. uh, Far Farrell and, and integrity, of course. And that is really what you're looking for when you're looking for a franchise company is, is the leaders of the company, the senior, the executives, be real and have integrity. So how'd you get the nickname Redneck CEO? 
Well, you said you, you said self-proclaimed. I guess it's probably true. I'm just your non-typical CEO. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I, I got your message that, hey, Gary, you know, you're going to need to, you're going to need to brush your hair today. You know, I usually wear ball caps. So, <laughs> but I grew up in the country, you know, I had 23 people in my graduating class. I married one of them, but I mean, I literally did live in a town where, you know, there was a time when I rode my horse to school. And so, you know, and I grew up ranching and farming and, you know, just the things that you do out in the country. And that's kind of where I learned, I think, my skills of, uh, you, you talk about integrity. It's big to me, honesty, integrity. Uh, and you learn, you know, I'm not saying you can't learn it everywhere, but in the country, in this little town, I knew everybody in the town. I was related to several people in the town. Mm. And so then I get into, you know, the business world, where it changes a lot for me. But my background never changes. You know, I, I try not to ever, you know, get ahead of that. And that is to go back to my roots of what I did. And it took, you know, hard work, honesty, integrity, uh, how to treat people. So I said, you know what, that's kind of, I'm not your guy wearing a suit. I told somebody, next time you see me in a suit, I'm going to be laying flat down. Uh, <laughs> so I am who I am. I don't try to uh, make anything any different. Uh, and it seemed to work well for me because at least when you, somebody sits down with us and says, I'm looking for a franchise, they can look at me and say, hey, this guy's real. He's not just trying to sell me something. Right. It's, it's authentic. And the authenticity is what people are looking for. You know, you may not, you know, I, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. So when you talk about, you know, 27 people in your graduating class, you know, my graduating class was the, the commencement was held in Madison Square Garden, literally. Yeah. So it's a totally different world, but oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. And, and we, and we still could be friends, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So how big is the industry in restoration? What is your estimate? I mean, it's a billion dollar industry. You know, I think most people think when they think of restoration, they think of storms and hurricanes and, uh, you know, natural disasters. And oddly enough, that's not, you know, majority of our business is, you know, somebody waking up in the morning, stepping out of bed and stepping a foot of water, or they've got an AC company there that is doing some AC work and said, Hey, we found mold up in your attic or, you know, Christmas day, they, they burn the sweet potatoes and smoke goes everywhere. And they got smoke damage. So that's the everyday things. And, and those are the tens of thousands that happen on a daily basis. And so that's really the big service we provide. And yes, there are going to be natural disasters and those things. And, and unfortunately somebody has to do it. Somebody has to get in there and take care of it. But you know, what I love about our business is that it, it's during a time, no matter whether it's a natural disaster or just a, a, a pipe break or toilet backup, it is something, it's a big event to them in their life. That, you know, their house is, is interrupted. Everything's kind of chaos. And so it's, it's, you get that chance to come in and make it right. Uh, and so it's very important that you understand that when, when our franchisees walk into a home, they know, hey, this is, this is, a, this is a big thing. So, you know, what can we do to make it better? And uh, so that's what we try to do. But it, it's, uh, it's a huge industry. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's just gotten bigger. Most of my competitors are companies that are 30, 40, 50 years old. We're actually the new, we're the new kid on the block, and we have uh, surpassed a, a lot of people. So it's, it's been fun. Not yeah, There's no question about it. And I, I've been in my house, you know, 27 years here in Long Island where I live now, and we've had four reportable, meaning calling the insurance company, water issues in my house. 
and and the biggest one i mean my house was built in in the 1951 i think it was okay so what what's i tell people the story all the time especially when i'm talking about restoration one is way back in the day when i was still working in the transit authority on the subway system in new york city and my wife was a new york city police officer it was columbus day uh probably like 96 1996 97 something like that and my mom was babysitting for my kids they were young at the time and thought she would do us a favor and throw a load of laundry in and take the kids out for lunch. And oh. so she did. And she came back and it was two feet of water in the basement because oh, no. the hose let go. Right, right. right? So, yeah. and it was, I mean, yeah, talk about disrupting your life. I mean, I had to rush home from work I and mean, it was like a mess. But then, uh, you know, the insurance company had a crew come out and they took everything out. And, and it was a finished basement, by the way. Uh, there was a bar down there, rugs. So they took out all the paneling. They took out the sheetrock. They did everything. And then they were there probably for about three or four hours. And then they left fans behind to dry out the, the basement. And then they came back and collected the fans. Little, little did I know that they were renting those fans to me on behalf of the insurance company. Who <laughs> paid the insurance it. company. Yeah. I, I tell people, I mean, you know, we're kind of a glorified rental company. You know, it's a, First day, unless it's really big, I got a phone call last week from uh, Gary Haven, who was uh, the founder of Curves. He said, hey, you still in the restoration business? I said, yeah. And he had a home down on the lake in uh, Austin, Texas. And they uh, it's a, kind of a vacation home. Somebody walked in there and top floor flooded. And I mean, this entire house was flooded. Uh, but we were there in 15 minutes and, you know, working on that job and, uh, and, and getting that taken care of. It's amazing. And, and so you're right. So the, this whole long-winded point here is that this is not just the hurricane that comes through, you know, the Southeast, but this is right. everywhere in America. If there's a home, if there's a building, I should say, not even a, not just a home, but commercial as well, you know, there's work and there's a lot of work every right. day. Right, right. Um, so if somebody's like listening to this and they're like, man, I never thought about this, but it sounds good because I like no brick and mortar. I like high margins, you know, blah, blah, blah. What, what's a good franchisee profile that, that you guys are looking for for Restoration One? You know, it, it's interesting. I think a lot of people would think the person that comes in this business either comes from this background or comes from a, I guess, a blue-collar background where they've worked with a business very similar. That is probably, I think I only have two people in my system that comes from the background of restoration. They come from middle America working in uh, – executive type jobs. And so they could, I mean, I have, you know, private equity people, bankers, you know, a, a professional football player. We even had a guy that was in secret service. And so it's these guys that are, that they've been in, in corporate America and they want to step out and they do want to get their hands dirty. They've been in high pressure. So they say, Hey, I want to get out and do something different, make a difference. And so it's, it's really, you know, I would say it's kind of probably that, you know, 35 to 55 year old that uh, has been somewhere in the corporate world over the last several years. They've saved some money. Great thing about our money, uh, about our business is that you don't have to drain your savings to do it. And we have great financing programs. It's just not a, it's not a huge investment. And they like that. And they like the ramp up time. So the people we have today are much different than Actually, even what I think what I would have expected, but they're looking to build an organization. They're not the man in the van or the truck in the truck. They, they are not looking to have something just to get by. 
they want to build an organization with, uh, you know, several vehicles and, and, you know, one of my guys up in, in New Jersey up there, I mean, he is running a huge organization and I mean, that's the way he's got it set up. So it's, uh, I'm not saying the business person, but somebody that's been in that world. Yeah. I, I, you know, you mentioned the secret service guy. That was my placement there. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Chad yeah. yielding. Great guy. Great, great. Oh my God. Great guy. And, and we hit it off. And so let me just give like a background talking about, you know, so he's a secret service guy. How does he get into restoration? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so we, we had some really deep conversations about what was going on. He has two young girls. Is, they are obviously the center of his life. And in the secret service, they're like, he's got a great gig going on where he lives. And they said, by the end of the year, most likely, or beginning first quarter of 2019, you're going to be dispatched to D.C. and do a yeah. detail there for whatever it's been. And so he raised his hand. He said, look, I'm, I'm out. I, I'm not going to D.C. My, my family is here where I live in Alabama. And so he called me and, and he's like, what can we do? And, and I said, well, you know, we're not going to go and buy a giant fast food franchise. That's not going to work for you. But, you know, let's look at things that are going to make sense, that are going to be, of, you know, there's nothing easy. Don't get me wrong. But this is a restoration one type business, a service business is more nimble is, is the only way I can explain it. You, you could, you know, if you have a slow day or even a slow month, it's not going to kill you where if you have a brick and mortar, you know, you still got to pay the rent while, you know, whether somebody comes in or not. And so, right. so, so we really, you know, Chad told me what was on his heart, you know, and I was able, and what surfaced and bubbled to the top was restoration one as an answer. Yeah. It's like, who would have thunk it? You know, it's absolutely amazing to me. Yeah, and he told me the same story. I actually uh, met he and his wife just like this over, uh, we were doing Skype, got to meet them, and he told me the same story. Those are exciting. That's very, very similar to the kind of people that we've had done and that uh, Fran Choice, who, you know, does an amazing job for us, has done these placements. And it's just more of a higher quality. You know, you don't have to have a half million dollars in the bank, but you have the desire to build something. And uh, it's, it's been a... Uh, a great ride, great ride. Absolutely. And so tell the story about how you're talking to Blue Frog Plumbing and Drain, looking for like a, a referral source, and then lo and behold, something else happens. Yeah. So um, our business today built very much around referrals, and we build relationships with plumbers. That's how we, with Restoration One, that's a lot of what we do. We've got a lot of different ways to, to go out and drum up business, but that's a big part of it. And that's, that's really because they are the first responders. If somebody, you know, somebody gets up and they find that leak, they call a plumber. We want the plumber to call us. Mm -hmm. So we have great relationships with the plumbers around. And so in, in some parts of the country, it made sense uh, to, I started looking at what's a business that's complementary to what we do. And that possibly some of our franchisees would, would latch onto it and they can handle both sides of it. So we found the Blue Frog Plumbing and Drain. I actually knew these guys that, that owned it from the past, and uh, they've been in the franchise business. And so reached out to them and asked them what they were doing and said, you know, we'd like to look at selling this. And so th uh, they did. We moved it from uh, Phoenix, Arizona to Waco and really have spent the last couple of years putting the systems and processes in place, bringing on some, some really strong staff. And we have seen that do exactly what I think we could do. And there's there's so much growth. And, and again, it's the same kind of buyer. And what a lot of people think is that, you know, I don't have a plumbing license, so I can't do this. Well, 
the great thing about that is we find those plumbers for them. So, I mean, we just did a placement up here in Dallas, Texas, that is all the numbers we thought he would surpass. And he did not come from this industry. He just had a desire to build a business. And again, recession resistant, you, you know, if your pipe breaks, you can't say, well, we'll fix that next week. You got to do something about it. And so uh, the biggest hurdle when we bought it was how do we get around this, uh, them needing a license. And so we actually hired somebody to put them on staff and they're on the phone finding that. So sourcing people to bring on board and it's worked very well. So that's where we kind of, you know, close that gap. And, and it's been great. It's continued to grow. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing it get to the size of uh, Restoration One. Yeah, no question about it. And again, another personal anecdote, I was about a month ago, my main sewer drain backs up because, the, you know, the house is 60, 70 years old. Oh, yeah. So what's happening is the toilets are bubbling and the water's backing up into like into the bathtub. I'm like, yeah. oh man, you know, I couldn't get anybody to come out to the house. They, they're like, we could get there like Tuesday, you know, and, and it was Saturday. And it like freaked me out. And, but it, it, it's a testimony to how much the service is needed and there's not enough people out there. Right, doing right, right. Yeah, it's, again, needed. It's, not a, it's, a, it's a needed service. It's a needed service. It, you know, it's not sexy unless you spell sexy M-O-N-E-Y. You steal from Jeff Elgin. That's his line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a fantastic deal. So what's your advice to someone who's out there and they're like, well, you know, I'm tired of my corporate thing and or I'm getting laid off. What's your advice to somebody that's interested in franchising? I would say number one has never been a better time. You know, we, we've seen this in the last uh, four years. I've, I've never seen so much growth in that world. And, uh, you know, people have, they stepped out of a business, they, they put away some money. And uh, I think the biggest business is, you know, it's not always something that, again, go back to what we just said, when I talk about passion, it's not somebody comes out and says, I really have a passion for the restoration business or a passion for the plumbing. Find a business that kind of some of these criteria I told you all ago, that you can ramp up quickly validate that business. You know, one of the things that the reason we've done as well as we have is that you can pick up the phone and call any of our franchisees and get the story. It's always better to hear it straight from franchisees and, you know, franchisor because you're, you're going to feel like the franchisor is trying to sell you. They're going to tell you what you want to hear. That's great about our business. We don't have to do that. You can call the franchisee and we validate very, very, very well. And you're only going to validate if people are uh, making money or their business is starting to grow. And so, and, and we have, uh, we've always had amazing training. And then the last couple of years, we started putting national accounts together, which is really, you know, I tell people when I meet with them, I said, look, my business model is real simple. I make money when you make money. So, uh, you know, it's not about getting the franchise sold. It's about what can I do after that? So that's another piece of this. Make sure that you're talking to franchisees and you understand that a hundred percent of the role of that franchisor is to support you as a franchisee. And that is where we spend a ton of our time. Uh, we wake up every morning, go to bed every night. How can we service our franchisees? And you know, franchisees may not all, they might all not all think that's the truth. You know, it's just the way it is. It's always been that way, but I can tell you our, our hearts in, in driving revenue. So look for that business that fits some of these criteria and, and that they're going to support you and that, uh, you know, you can, it's a needed service and you can ramp up quickly. 
and I, and, you know, well said. I, I really can't add anything to that. That's my mantra exactly. And, you know, if, if you love golf, don't buy a golf franchise. If you love baking cakes, don't buy a cake franchise. Absolutely. I, I, I can tell you with a, a clear conscience that every bad franchisee or not, the franchisee that did not work in my years of franchising in the health club industry was always somebody who already owned the health club. And the purpose of that is people get used to doing things their way. And so with a franchise, it's a system, you know, and we've tried it, we've tried it, we've tried it, we've spent a lot of money getting it right. And if you're not going to, you're not looking for that system, you say, well, I want the name and then I'll put my system in. Bad, bad move, bad move. So what you said is exactly that. That's been my experience my entire career. Yeah, I, and I think you're so correct about that. And, and you know, I think sometimes – in some cases, like even in a restoration business, you might have somebody that's in restoration and they might buy your franchise because they want the support that you give because they're out there by themselves and right. they're a technician. They don't know how to do the marketing. They don't know how to do employee retention, you know, all of that right. stuff that, that you support franchisees with. So that's where you might see it. But right. a lot of times, you know, if, if, you're, if you're just, you know, I, I use the example all the time. If, if you are a beautician and you have a haircutter's license, you cut some great clips. They're not going to grant you a franchise license. Right, right. You're going to come with bad habits. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a recipe for disaster when it happens. Again, be prepared to follow a system. Otherwise, don't do it. And uh, it, so it sounds a little strong, but uh, it's a fact. Buy something that people have, have put their time and energy and money into and that they know that works. And we know it works, right? It's, it's working around the entire country. Oh, it, it works. Um, it worked for me. It changed my whole entire life. I went from working in a subway to being a, a, a smoothie franchisee. Right. Built it, you know, three locations, sold it, and semi-retired at 41 years old. Where else can right. you do that? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's amazing. But I worked my ass off, don't get me wrong. And, and money's subjective. I didn't, I didn't make a billion dollars at it, but I made enough to be comfortable. And, and yeah. so that's what I'm trying to help people do is, is kind of, you know, I, I share with folks all the time, you know, you, your decision is not between, you know, a, a Farrell's franchise and restoration one, but your real decision is the choice between uncertainty and unhappiness. So if you right. have that low frustration of, of unhappiness, because you are doing job that, you know, you shouldn't be doing right. uh, something else is calling you, you know, franchising is a step in the right direction it doesn't mean that you're going to buy a restoration one and be doing that for the next 20 years, yeah. do it for five years, 10 years, sell it, make some money on that, go do something else. And, and that's the cool thing about franchising as well is it, it, it's not the be all and end all. You could, there's all sorts of things you could do within the industry as well. Right. Well, the other thing too, is that this is one of those things which I tell people being part of a franchise system, there is probably a day that you're going to hand this off to your kids or you're going to, you know, you're going to want to sell it. And you say, okay, that's what I did. I built this so I could sell it and go retire, whatever that may be. Being in a franchise system, that name, that global, you know, that national uh, recognition and the, the systems and everything that they do and them being able to help bring in a buyer to you, that's what makes your business much better than just an independent because you have no territory. So if you're just sitting there running Tom's uh, restoration business in a town, the value of that's not going to be as much as it is when you're in, in, with a national organization. Yep. Yep. And I can speak volumes to that too. Yeah. You just have so much more credibility. You know, when you're, I always say when you're looking at a mom and pop business, not all the time, but I've ran into personal cases where there's three sets of books, 
you know, one for the owner of the business, one for the IRS and one for the buyer of the business. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, I've seen a few of those. Yeah. And in franchising, you, you have the royalty report. So when you're yeah. buying or selling, you know, the, it's all there. You know. it. Yep. It's there. You know what it's going to be. Right. It's cut and dried. I have, a, I have another question because we, we have listeners from all different kind of uh, variations from buying a franchise to turning their business into a franchise. Right. If somebody's listening. For, what's your advice to someone that has a business and they're like, hey, I think I want to franchise this bad boy because everybody loves it. What's your advice? Well, the biggest thing is make sure that you can, is you can reproduce what you're doing. And when you reproduce it, it is not just a – some businesses are very – uh, localized. Some of them are very, you know, parts of the country that may fit in the South, but they don't fit up in the North. So very much about knowing your business model, that you're ready to do that, that you have the funds to make that happen. It's, it's not a million dollars, but it's not cheap. The last thing you want to do is start off a business and get it going and then, you know, not have the funds to build it and take it. You know, I've got kind of a saying, you know, not every, not every good idea is a franchise. Not every franchise is a good idea. And then make sure you get somebody that knows what they're doing. I've seen a lot of mistakes by people that went out and started a business. You know, Restoration One was one of them. You know, they got with the wrong development company and went out there and made some big mistakes early on. But uh, we got them cleaned up early on and was able to move on. So making sure that uh, you're, you're tied to somebody that's done it before. Cause otherwise, you'll burn through a lot of money trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had somebody call me, I don't know, probably two, three years ago. And, there's, and he's like, oh, I have this great business and I want a franchise. So I said, okay, great. Why do you want to franchise it? He goes, oh, man, I could charge $50,000 $50, for a franchise fee. So I'll just sell 100 of them. That'll be great. Right. Yeah. Then I got the money. You know, what I hear more than anything is somebody will tell me, they'll call me up and they'll say, hey, I want to buy a franchise and I, I want to build a franchise and with their business. I go, okay. Why, like you, why do you want to do that? And they say, well, you know what? I've had a lot of friends and family tell me I should franchise this. And, and they said, yeah, it's always a the thing. They said, hey, if you franchise this, I'm going to buy one. Guess what? I've never known anybody buy one. So, you know, not every business is designed for that. No. Nope. Um, you know, otherwise there'd be 100,000 franchisors and, uh, out there. But uh, finding the right business and, and the right people. Yeah. No, amen to that. What is one myth about franchising that you would like to bust right here and right now? I, I ask all my guests this question. I'm going to go back to what you said earlier. You know, you said, hey, I've, I've had to bust my ass. It is not a ticket for success. So just because you have a franchisor that's there, they've proven the system. You know, they can't just hand it to you and you go do nothing. It's going to work. It takes hard work. It takes hard work, hard you you taking that system and following up. So the myth is, is that just because it's a franchise does not mean it's going to work. You know, it, it is who gets into that, what they do with it after they get into it. So it's not a guaranteed success. Amen to that too. I use the analogy, you know, from the fitness world, if you're the kind of person that thinks you're going to join a gym and get in shape, just because you joined, don't buy a franchise because you're not going to be successful just because you bought a franchise. Right, right. You know, in the early days with Curves, we had to have that discussion because people might come in and they work out or they said, somebody says, you know what, I, I, I'm buying this uh, because I need to lose weight. And so, you know what, buy a treadmill, it's a lot cheaper, right? Yeah. So, 
<laughs> so crazy. Yeah. And so, and so it's up to us to educate people. And that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. So uh, I really appreciate all your insight. Do you have any um, parting words of advice to, to listeners in, in regard to franchising? No, I think it uh, just like this, everything's about, you know, learning ahead of time. Everything's a learning lesson. Learn what you're doing, learn what you're getting into. And they get this information from podcasts like this and from people like you and others that spend their entire life uh, going out and looking at opportunities and then working in an organization uh, and, and having the backup, you know, I've seen, and I've, I've seen much better prospects through our, our franchise relationship than I've ever seen in my 30 years. Wow. So making sure that you do your due diligence and look into it and that your heart's really in it and that you've got the money to put in it and the time and the energy and the desire to go out and build a business. So, you know, do your research. You need to inspect what you expect, but you also don't want to, you know, uh, you can't inspect forever. At some point, you have to pull the trigger, right? Yeah. And it's our job to educate them and make sure that they pull it when it's time. There you go. And it's not for everybody. So I, no. I've had people talk to your organization and kind of get turned down, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that also shows integrity to the organization. Yeah. yeah. If you go in, if you go into take everyone just so that you're getting a franchise fee, it's just going to catch up with you later. Okay. So again, I, I, I truly believe that's been the success of our business is that we've been cautious, number one, but you know, getting the right, the right people have been coming to us. And uh, so when you get the right people, you're going to build a good business. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So what, what's the best way to get in touch with you directly or with the organization for restoration one or blue frog plumbing and drive? Yeah. So we both have our websites. You got uh restoration1.com. It's just the number one. And then bluefrogplumbinganddrain.com. And then I don't think I will regret this, but I'll go ahead and give my uh, email because I love talking to people. So my personal email is just Gary, G-A-R-Y at restoration1.com. And uh, I'd be glad to, to take emails and answer questions and, and try to direct them in the right way. Well, thank you so much for that. That's awesome. So, yeah. you know, people, there'll be a couple of people that might take advantage of that. And that's a very cool thing. I appreciate that, Gary. Absolutely. So I, I appreciate your time too. Thank you for being on the uh, Franchise Academy podcast. These are uh, quite a, a bucket full of uh, pearls of wisdom from you. So I really appreciate your time. I appreciate the time, Tom, and uh, always uh, be happy to come back. Look forward to seeing you in January. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do more hanging out at Franchise and keep those great brands coming into Franchise. We appreciate it so much. We'll do it. Have a great one. Have a great weekend. You too. God bless you. We'll see you right. You too. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.